Welcome to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages. With me, Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. Today is September 7, 2021. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And on Thursdays, Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. There is no plan B. There is no plan Z. It's only plan A, and that's Alpha. It starts with God. And so the best way to face any opposition, every opposition, anything that you come up against, is by obedience to the Word of God. Listen, on Sundays, we, we're, just, we're just scratching the surface of the book of Revelation. We're inside the pages, learning, experiencing, finding grace and mercy, Certainly our souls are being blessed. If you need a blessing, join in with us. If someone else that you know need to be blessed, they need an understanding of revelation, uh, then invite them over. Sit with them to listen to the broadcast. And the Bible plainly tells us in that third verse, blesses those that read it and hear and keep the words of this prophecy. And so we're looking for a blessing from the Lord and that is to bless our souls. We'll be back shortly, right after this song, this message. Mighty God, bless your name, Jesus. Now, whatever you're doing right now, come on, give God some praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. He is worthy.
Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, Lord God, and how you have blessed us, Lord God, and brought us back at this appointed time. Lord God, we honor you for your kindness, for your mercy. We honor you for who you are, Lord God, and, and we just here to say thank you. Thank you for revealing, unfolding, enlightening us of your presence and saving our souls, giving us an opportunity, Lord God, and Lord Jesus, and that your goodness met us wherever we were and drew us into your will. Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for how you have kept us and given us a reasonable portion of, 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 of health, uh, stability. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Lord God, as we have gathered together this evening, Lord, to bless your name, Savior. Lord God, we our request is just to be able to please you, Lord, to, found, to be found worthy to stand in your presence. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless those that are listening uh, in our presence, that are gathered together, those that are near, those that are far. Lord God, those that will be listening later, Lord Jesus, as they go start their day, as they end their day, as they're in the middle of their day, I pray and ask that you would bless your people, Lord. Bless those that are seeking your guidance, Lord, for a place of worship, Lord God, where their souls can be fed. Lord, I pray that you would guide them, Lord. Lead them into a place, Lord God, that, that they will be established, Lord God, so that they can grow. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, for the souls that you've added here and those that are on their way. Lord God, we honor you, Lord. Lord, crown our head with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Help us, Lord God, as we go in and out among your people. Lord, we'll be careful to give your name the praise and the glory. Lord, touch those that are sick in their body, those that are, are healing, Lord, from situations, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would bless them as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Certainly, I thank God for his goodness on this day, this seventh day of September. We have made it. Uh, wow, we are coming to the close of another year. The Lord say the same. And we have uh, traveled through the book of Ezekiel. And, and again, you know, I don't believe that we have exhausted the word of God in, by any means. And so here we are uh, beginning the first chapter of the book of Daniel. Uh, if you have whatever your device you're using, your Bible, you know, paperback, <laughs> digital, whatever it is, let's go to the first chapter of the book of Daniel. I solicit your prayers. I need your prayers as well. Um, you know, as we go forward in the word of God, certainly we, our endeavor is to do the will of God. And so, um, and to be saved. It's not enough to talk about the word. And certainly don't preach the word and then don't live a life. But you better live a life uh, that says, that backs up everything you say. You better live a life that you say Jesus saves, you better live like he saved, like you're saved. Uh, you say that the Lord is great, you better live as if there is no one, there is no one greater, he is sovereign. And so no matter what you might deal with mentally, emotionally, because we all deal with things, 
We all deal with situations. We all are faced and bombarded with different things and, you know, and, and questions come to mind. And, but that doesn't mean that he's not God. It doesn't enthrone him. It doesn't mean that he's not sovereign because we have unanswered questions or we are find ourselves uh, dealing with something that could be it could be a, an imbalance of things in your life that uh, that as they come into balance. But until then, you have to deal with those things. But he's still God. He's still God. And so we want to be you want to be consistent in your walk with him. That is a key being consistent. And so as we go through the book of Daniel, we'll find a lot about consistency. And so the first chapter of Daniel, beginning at the first verse, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, sovereign God, the Lord, the Lord mm -hmm, gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science, such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily portion, provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they may, might stand before the king. And so we took a topic uh, this evening, and that is the king's appointment. Now, many teach from Daniel as it relates to eschatology, uh, but uh, you'll never be able to understand and appreciate. You won't be able to fully enjoy uh, another area, and that is the dispensation of grace without dealing with the here and the now. And that is the book of Daniel, where that's where we are, here, right here, right now in the book of Daniel. So we're not going into uh, the, talking about eschatology. We'll, we'll get there. But you'll, you need to understand something else, and that is where we are right now. And so you'll find out more about that as we uh, carry on in the uh, book of Daniel. And so the king's appointment. There are two appointments. Uh, the king of kings. Uh, there's an appointment that was set by him. And the king of Babylon appointment. The king appointed. Mm-hmm. 
he appointed them a daily provision. He set aside uh, something for those that he had uh, a special, those that would be selected at the appointed time. Three years from now, there's going to be a selection process. And so uh, at the end, they might stand. The purpose is that they might stand in the presence of the king. The book of Daniel places us in the Babylonian era. Uh, just as the book of, and, and I'm going to just, you can put your name there, the book of Carl, the book of uh, Don, the book of uh, Monique, the book of Court, whatever your name is, you can place it there. It places you in a certain era. Now, we're in a certain era right now. We're living in a certain time right now. And so the Babylonian, and there's a number, I was reading, there's a number of, and I didn't want to get all into that particular as much as I would have liked to, but uh, some of the information was not, um, I couldn't validate it properly. So uh, I prefer not to teach something that cannot be proven or validated. Uh, it has to line up with the word of God. Now I can start naming dispensations that we're in, and I've already mentioned actually that we're in the dispensation of grace. And so uh, the Babylonians were known for having a, uh, a battle-proof city. Uh, they had great walls, and so you couldn't just attack them. You couldn't just penetrate the city. Like the Babylonians, it would not hurt you or I to build walls to protect ourselves. You need to protect yourself. Uh, you need to protect your family. You need to protect your friends. Uh, we need to avoid being uh, invaded by forces that would come to take us captive, that would come to do us harm, to hurt us. To, uh, and so you divert the plan of the enemy by establishing boundaries and by establishing a defense uh, that will keep you safe and secure. Uh, I heard someone say the, the safest place that there is to be is the will of God. And I believe that. Matter of fact, amen to that. The safest place to be is the will of God. Babylonian is, or uh, the Babylonians, is or Babylon is referred as uh, mentioned over 240 times from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, the Babylonians were used by God to chasten the children of Israel. The people of Babylon did not worship God. They worshiped murder, who they considered to be the supreme deity. So they had a lesson to learn. How about you? Who do you worship? Who do you feel is supreme? Now, when we when we fall into situations, it really tells uh, the truth about what we believe. When we find ourselves in situations and and how we respond, uh, 
really identifies who God is in our life and how we how willing we are to obey or how willing we're not. So who do you worship? Do you cons who do you consider to be sovereign? You know, I, I hear what I'm told. Now, I hear the agreement signified by a man and different things and you know people say, but when trouble comes, who is your hero? Is he your savior? Is he your God? As we travel uh, uh, inside the pages of the book of Daniel, we'll see what they endured. I found myself going through uh, dealing with a situation that was very disturbing. And my response at the end of the day was, you know, Daniel went through some things. He was elevated. He was in touch with God. That didn't stop him from dealing with people. That didn't stop him from dealing with situations. And so you're going to deal with situations. You're going to deal with people. And it's going to be disturbing. However, you're not to lose focus of who your God is. You're not to allow things to overwhelm you in such a way that you won't talk to him. And so uh, Daniel dealt with some things. He had to endure. And so who they worship and how they responded to situations that attacked their belief and their character. How do you respond to situations that are not provoked by you? I have to put that in there. Because sometimes we provoke things, we do things, and then we claim that we're, we're going to uh, we're going through because of, of and we don't tell the truth about what we're going through and why we're going through that. That if people knew the truth, they would tell you, you need to go to the altar and repent, ask God forgiveness, uh, rather than claiming it as a testimony uh, because you provoked it. The Bible says if we suffer for our own fault, I'm paraphrasing that, but if we deal with, if we go through something for what we have caused, then we are to take it patiently. If you did not cause it and you're going through it, then uh, either way, you're going to call upon the Lord. But your prayer is going to be different. And so the Bible says in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, King of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Uh, Jehoiakim acted as if, now I'm just summarizing this, but Jehoiakim acted as if there was no God of Israel. Uh, he had um, incestuous relationships, you know, guilty of, of murder, rape took others and claimed things as his own. Sort of like watching the Game of Thrones. And some of you may have watched that. Some may have never heard of it. But I, I, as I saw, I looked at that, I was like, wow, this looked like they took bits and pieces throughout history of what people have done, uh, ancestors, relationships, guilty of murder, ravaging 
villages and people homes and just taking you know when we read how uh, they went to the grave of Jesus they were very cautious when they went the ladies the women uh, uh, when they went to the grave because they knew the how the Roman soldiers acted Roman soldiers were uh, notorious for um, for those very same things, murder, rape, cutting uh, infants out of the stomach of women, and a number of things. And so uh, we see that uh, not just then, but as uh, throughout history, even up until this day in time, that there is those that commit uh, atrocious acts against their brothers against their sisters. Sin will always cause you, your family and friends to suffer captivity. And so uh, for us to get a better understanding, uh, we'll need to read and, and to listen. I wanna encourage you and I'll come back and remind you of this, but uh, you need to get into the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. And as you read the book of Jeremiah, fasten your seatbelt. As I started to say, sin will cause your family, friends, and you to suffer captivity or the impact of it. Uh, we can't uh, uh, spin things, you know. Uh, in our day and time, we hear that, that word, you know, that people like to spin situations to make th things lighter than they appear. But God doesn't play the spin game. Uh, he don't play that game. Uh, you know, uh, you, you, you can play that, but God's not playing that. Uh, neither should we play it. The Bible said, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. There is a way to avoid entrapment like these children, like Daniel and others did. They avoided some situations. And so we'll see that as we go through the word of God. The second verse says, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. The Lord appointed a day and a time that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, along with certain vessels, would be taken captive. I heard many preachers tell people that certain things like pandemic and was only for the unrighteous. But uh, that's not always true unless God has given a solid word to a person, for a person, or to a group of people. It doesn't always apply to everyone. Sometimes the righteous suffer with the unrighteous. And there are times that the righteous is completely delivered from the afflictions of the unrighteous. Well, let me say that again. There are times that the righteous suffer with the unrighteous. 
And when I say unrighteous, I am not speaking about those, about unbelievers. I'm talking about the believers, those that once believed and decided to transgress the word of God. Those that claim to be a child of God, but yet they transgress the word of God. There was a man named Achan who the children of Israel went out to battle and they were losing and they were wondering why they were losing. And the Lord said there was sin in the camp. They went back, they searched every tent. They searched. They started stripping things up and down and around to find out what was only to find out that Achan had stole something and buried it under his tent. And it was impacting the war and the results of what should have been a victory. Sometimes when you are not obtaining the victory that you're looking for, and you've done all the right things that you should do. You need to check and see if there's someone that is committing sin. Maybe your son, your daughter, maybe your wife, your husband, someone close to you in the camp is doing something that is not right. That's why Job said, I'm gonna offer up sacrifices for my sons and daughters, pre-adventuring that they may have done something to offend God. That's why it's important to bring your little children, uh, bring your sons, your daughters to church. Well, I don't wanna force them to go to church. You force them to go to school. You eventually force them to get out and get a job. You force them to do those things to help them survive, but you have no concern about their soul salvation. They live under your roof. When you leave, they cursing. When you leave, they doing things that, that would offend God, uh, involved in things that you claim to be innocent. Well, I'm not gonna stay there, but Sometimes the righteous suffer with the unrighteous and they are mm -hmm, times when the righteous is completely delivered from the afflictions of the unrighteous, those that believe but yet transgress the word of God. And the king uh, spake unto Aspenas, the master of Eunice, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Aspenaz was uh, Nebuchadnezzar's chief eunuch and was charged with one particular task. Bring me the best of the best of Israel's uh, children. Some of them will be of uh, uh, the royal family. Some will be princes. Uh, some will be uh, uh, certain of the children of Israel that stand out they don't fit in the, the regular crowd among others, but you see something about them. You, you've seen those, uh, we've seen children, and some of you. Children in whom no blemish, 
And, and so he was charged with this particular task, bring me the best, the best of Israel's um, seed. Make sure they do not have any small marks or flaws. So uh, some of us would have been excluded just based on that. No blemish. We have what we, uh, you know, some of us have marks on us. Uh, maybe you might have a little uh, patch of light skin, or maybe you might have a little patch of dark skin. Uh, you know, uh, maybe it's uh, whatever color it is, red skin, whatever, whatever it is. But it's a blemish. And they don't want no blemishes on those that's going to be standing in the palace. Flaws that would make you consider unappealing. They didn't want that. What we call a birthmark would exclude us. That little mold that you have that uh, that he saw on your cheek that and he thought it was such a beautiful mark. And he fell in love with you uh, upon seeing you and seeing the beauty that you have would have excluded you from standing in the palace. Uh, that skin tag that you might have and, you know, uh, maybe your child or your grandchild see a little skin tag on you and they kind of pick at it and you have to tell them to stop. You. It would have excluded you. It looked like nothing to, to you. You know, as a matter of fact, it's barely even visible. But they were closely examined and it would have excluded. The unibrow and other things as we view as certain characteristics some find it tasteful. Uh, the Babylonians did not find it as attractive as you may have. It was unacceptable and would not be in the king's presence. These children had to show more than common sense. And I, I hope you have some common sense. There seems to be a lack of common sense uh, in many places. The difference, you should know the difference between a round and a square peg. The children must have wisdom. Uh, that's uh, some experience, knowledge, good judgment. Well, uh, they're, they're young. Well, listen, age has nothing to do with you expressing some wisdom or knowledge that you've taught your child and how to use good judgment. Children get these qualities from being around others that display them. Or do you have them watching Ren and Snippy and other little silly cartoons and you not monitoring what they're watching on the iPad and, you know, and, and different things. They watching killer clowns and laughing at that stuff and you think they over there laughing at something else. You need to pay attention to what's going on. They must be cunning, have some insight, the ability to read between the lines, and give a proper answer. They need to be able to say what they mean. You know, sometimes you're having a conversation with people and they, they will say something. It wasn't what they said had a different meaning to it. And then when you pointed out to them that what you said, my answer was based upon what you said, or what you ask, they get a little offended because in their mind, 
it, they were looking for a different answer. And so when you point out to them that what you were looking for, you didn't ask that, you need to spend some more time in maybe reading, better communicating, thinking about what you're going to say before you say it, and certainly being quick about it. See, cutting allows you to uh, a certain speed. You, artic you, you process and articulate things uh, quickly. You're able to read between the lines and give a proper answer. They have to have a good grasp on science, the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and the natural, information that can be seen and obtained by experiments, some things you get from just paying attention to what's happening around you. Uh-huh. Just pay attention to what's going on. And you'll learn something. Instead of just passing it by, race, you know, just, just uh, glazing over it and then you just go on about you. But pay attention to what's happening. Experiment with the right things to see how something works. My son, Kevin, uh, would take things apart. He wanted to see how it worked. So then he would afterwards uh, put it back together. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Why are they always breaking their toys? Well, if they're breaking the toys and then putting it back together and not, or if you challenge them, put it back together. It teaches them. And so this is considered as intellectual or practical knowledge. Now, with all of this, uh, with all that selection process, it was not an instant pass to stand in the king's palace. They also needed to learn and master multiple languages. And they had three years to do it. Well, they're too young. No, they had three years to do it. They had three years or be presented a different role in their captivity. Three years. So that child that was learning the language of uh, the Hebrew and uh, that was learning to speak his home language had to learn the language of the Chaldeans as well. You wouldn't be of great use if you could not uh, also interpret uh, other languages. So, uh, so being multi-languaged would have been an advantage. Who would not want to be in the palace? Rooms. You, you had a nice room to, to live in. Baths, because you weren't going to stand in the presence of the king without taking a bath. And you were not going to stand in the presence of the king. You know, you were going to have bath, food, education. And that's just to name a few. And so the Bible says, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years, three years, I'm going to take care of you. Three years, I'm going to give you a little, break you off a piece of what I have. 
And at the end that they might stand before. So at the end, there's going to be a period of testing. At the end of three years, I'm going to check you out. See how well you do. Now, remember, these were children with the ability to walk, talk, and learn. Like yours, your children, your little loved ones, your little angels. Your inheritance, your little blessings. I was having a discussion with another parent, and I have to say it it irks me to hear certain things planted in the seed of our children. And remember, these were children that were uh, unlearned from, they didn't know nothing about the language of the Chaldeans. They did have to have some common sense. They did need to know a little bit about systematic, uh, how things are structured, you know, without giving a goofy answer. You know, uh, some, of, uh, some of our children and even some of us would have been excluded uh, in the process because of the, because of the flaws and the different things that we allow to occur and to exist among our children today. We were talking about children in school and, and children taking tests. And the question was asked um, to one of the children, did you do your best? I don't think children really know what their best is, except that we have planted certain seeds in them to tell them to answer, yeah, yeah I did my best. They're children, and they don't know what their best is. They're yet being trained. They're yet being taught. So after you ask your little darling, did they do their best, uh, you, you also need to follow up with a response as in, I'll show you a better way. Hmm. Some of your children will say that they did their best. Some will tell the truth and say, no, they didn't. They didn't study for it. They didn't put in the time or the effort. Matter of fact, they did the minimal. Because they were able to get away with the minimal because someone told them that the minimum is okay. Well, you keep thinking that. You allow them to do the minimal and they will be passed over in certain areas. Uh, do you ask mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, grandparents, respond with, let me show you a better way? Or do you just excuse it and let them go on? Do you tell them that a D is okay? It, it means that you didn't do, you know, that, that you passed. Don't give room for error. We live in times and difficulties enough without you adding to that and causing our children to fail. I believe study groups still exist. Tutoring, workbooks can still be purchased. And when you purchase a workbook, that means you need to set aside some time to assist. 
it's your responsibility to set rules, guidelines, and provide training and mentoring so that they overcome some of the stress that children feel, the emotional, mental, and the strike are because of uh, there is a lack of rules, because there is no guidance and training. Too many people are parents, are have excuses of what they need to get done instead of time management. I'm going to have some time management. Set aside some time to make sure that Johnny gets his lesson done and he understands it. Instead, we, we give them iPads, Androids, and cable television to poison the mind and the spirit of the child. Growing up, uh, watching cartoons was not an option before school, and it shouldn't be an option today. Spending time with the androids and different devices and uh, when, it's, when you should be getting ready for school should not be an option. Our children are faced with a difficult task and we don't help. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. It is the parent's responsibility. Parenting never stops. Now, I know this for myself with two sons and two daughters and two grandsons. I despise Mrs. Me, and I, I think this is of great reason, great understanding to say this. Those that make the statement and say, I have raised my children and my and my grandchildren are not my responsibility. Well, um, in the book of Carl, this, this is not the book of Daniel, this is the book of Carl, chapter one, um, that means that there are some serious issues, some unresolved issues in your life to think that way. I don't know about you, but teaching my children to be the best and how not to show a blemish, to be favored, skillful in wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science is an awesome delight. It's a privilege to know those things, to see those things, which means that you have to set aside some time with yourself because you need to understand some things. You can't help someone else unless you help yourself first. And if you're not willing to help yourself, then you make it difficult to help others. The Bible said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So knowledge is something that we all should be striving for. It was once said that um, the question had come up and people were saying, well, how do I become successful? You're not showing us how to be successful. You know, and they said, well, put the knowledge in a book because they won't read the book. We know that during slavery, that people were forbidden to read because reading liberated. Having an understanding liberated you. It gave you reason, it gave you hope, it gave you something to strive for. And they did not want you to have that hope. 
They didn't want you to strive or to be successful. Well, we're not in slavery today. What's your excuse? Mighty God. We're not bound by those rules and regulations today. What is your excuse? What is the excuse that we're not helping our children be the best? No, they're not being the best to stand in the king's palace, but they're being, they need to be the best so that they can obtain what they're going to need at the end of the day. What is the excuse? Let, let me just touch this here. We're talking about the king's appointment, uh, the king's appointment, you know, and, and so the, the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nurturing them. The king had an interest in their health. Do you have an interest in your child's health? Do you have an interest even in your own health? The king had an interest in their health, a healthy appearance. Oh, that's baby fat. How many times have you heard that? That's baby fat. Oh, you know, that's just going to burn away. How many times? Listen. They'll grow out of it. They've been, and now they've been overweight for three years, and you're talking about they're going to grow out of it. When will they grow out of it? I'll tell you when they're going to grow out of it when you stop feeding them Jack in the Box for breakfast. They're going to grow out of it when you stop giving them in and out because that's what a burger is all about. You give them two cookies and they have a meltdown because they want it set. And then while you're on the cell phone talking about stuff that you probably shouldn't be talking about, they go and get a few more, climb up on the cabinet, climb up on the shelves. They have figured out how to get into what they want, and they have snuck in and, and chowed down. Let, let me ask you, what are Lunchables? What, what are Lunchables besides low fiber, sodium, processed package, lack of vitamins, no, what is Lunchables? What are those? There was a, a time that, you know, peanut butter and jelly, went to, it didn't spoil when it went to school with you. You send bottles of water to school with your kids, they come back with the same bottle of water. They didn't drink any water. They, they, they are not hydrated. And then you wonder why they constipated. Well, they had a movement. Now, let me say it right. They had a bowel movement. They had a droplet. And you call that a bowel movement. They ate a pound of junk. But a pound of junk did not come out of them. Hmm. Children should not be snoring as loudly. Children snoring. Are they going to grow up? No, there's a problem. There's something that's causing that snoring, and it's called obesity. That's an issue. Breathing harder because of their abnormal weight. Sitting around crying over food, that is a problem. 
Sending your child into the early stages of diabetes, sickness, and leading them to an early grave. The king wasn't having that. And so he sent a measure, a certain measure of food for them to eat so that they would have a balance. They had a nutrition. They knew what they were doing. I think all of us must be, not should be, must be more responsible in the mental, emotional, and physical welfare of our children. I say this from experience. I have grandsons, as I mentioned earlier, and I've learned by watching our children, as my children, besides grandchildren, I watch, recall, they knew who and how to play the game. They know who they could ask and who they should not ask. They knew who and what they could get away with, with what parent. And just like you did when you were growing up, parents, grandparents, and community, let's be on the same page. Let's not allow our children to run from parent to parent. And, you know, I remember as a child walking down the street doing something. I looked up. I saw my neighbor looking directly at me, and fear came upon me because I knew what was next. Mm-hmm. They had, those parents had the permission to sit you down, to say something to you if, if they saw you doing something wrong. Today, parents will brush it off. It's right now in our uh, Pacific time, it's, it's dark outside. Shouldn't a child be outside right now? Knocking on anybody's door, can so-and-so come out to play? They should have been in the house before the sun went down. Mm-hmm. Preparing to, for the next day, just as you should be doing. And so the king had an appointment, an agenda in mind. You ought to have an appointment, an agenda in mind for your child. Not to live out a sport life through them. Some are talented. They'll make it. Encourage them to be the best at what they can be. And when you've done your best, do better. Thank you, Jesus. We ought to apply that to our lives as adults. When you've done your best, do better. The Olympian is not just good. They've made sacrifices to be the best. Listen, one, I want you to get into the book of Jeremiah. Um, so as we are studying the book of Daniel, read the book of Jeremiah. This is essential for the book of Daniel. And you'll see why later. Okay, God bless you. I, I'm going I'm to stop there, but uh, I, I know that's a, it's a sobering, but we need, to some, we need to be sober and we need to do, we need to check and make sure things are going the right way. Our children need us. They need us. They need us. Let's be there for them the right way. When your child start crying because you say that this is the rule and this is what needs to be done, they'll get over it. They'll start to comply as long as you're being consistent. Listen, again, get into the book of Jeremiah. Start reading it, 
so that you'll have a better understanding of what's happening in the book of Daniel. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, Incorporated, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. I hope to see you here or to see you caught up. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. Remember, we'll be back in the Word of God, talking about the acts of the Holy Ghost on Thursday. The Lord say the same into the book of Revelation on Sunday. Let somebody know there's a man. I, I'm, I'm nobody, but I, I'm doing my best to tell everybody about somebody. God bless you.